Welcome to Big Feelings Full Call-In 90-Day Fiancé, a podcast where two friends recap a TV show suggested by a stranger on the internet. Because it's Rona times, and I can't deal with true crime right now, so instead, please join us as we consume, digest, and regurgitate Season 7 of The Learning Channel's 90-Day Fiancé. So we are watching Season 7 of 90-Day Fiancé. <laughs> Or as Sinjin said, I wish it was 180 days. 180 years, honey. Don't, don't we all? So I'm... Bad the centuries, Sinjin. Shoot, tale as old as time. Uh-huh. I'm Lo, and I'm here with my friend Sean via the internet. We're not... Neither of us are actually here. But you didn't meet me on the internet. No. Not like Anna and Marsal. No. Mm-mm. You did not meet in a Facebook group. For beekeeping. <laughs> they do a disgrace to beekeeping. We haven't seen them with their bees yet. Maybe that's when the magic happens, you know? I hope so. Um, this episode's called They Don't Know, so I don't know about you, but I've had that Tracy Ullman song stuck in my head. Oh, it does not take much to get <laughs> Tracy Ullman stuck in my head. When I was little, her album, I used to play side A of that album over and over and over again. Oh, love her. Just love her. She should satirize this show. It would be brilliant. Does this show need to be satirized? I feel like it just kind of eats its own tail. Yeah. Maybe I just stare at these people and look at their dumb, stupid faces and wish that Tracy Ullman were there to kind of break it up a little bit. You wish that you could say that this was satire, but unfortunately it is reality. And I feel like it's, (laughs) it's distilled... Reality TV has now been along for long enough that it's become like this fully mutated creature because I haven't been watching a lot of reality TV prior to this. And I've realized with episode two that I'm a reality show producer's dream. Like I'm very easily persuaded and manipulated. We kind of talked a little bit about that. I need to sharpen up and like see a little bit more when I'm being played like a violin so okay here we go we're gonna start it off with oh god tanya i'm a vegan but i'm happy we're diving into the meat of it really quick into tanya's meat into right into tanya's meat god you know they just don't know how to be at a fucking airport we've got unattended luggage we've got airport champagne we've got fucking plants being thrown on the floor with abandon it's all for her It's all for her. She's a star in the movie in her head. And Senjin is like a a key grip. Like, I don't know what part he plays in in the movie in her head. But I just wrote, no straight man cares about rose petals. Mm -mm. No. Actually, too, to your point, having just rewatched the show again, the, the next on, Senjin actually says, you write the story and I'm just a character in it. Wow. I'm really excited to see episode three because I think shit's about to get real. And friends who are completely inoffensive on their own that she kind of deploys as her gargoyles. Yeah. To kind of act as a buffer between her and him. And I'm so glad that it leads with this scene because I am so in love with the Kennedy Airport custodial staff. When I was telling you, like, our fantasy about these ancillary characters being in this house together for this extra show between the strip mall lingerie shop saleswoman, the man sweeping up the rose petals is, like, one of my favorite things. 
his line was, I think the boss says it's no good. And it's like, yes, in more ways than one. That's profound. Yeah. Who does that? Like with no thought either to that someone's going to have to clean this shit up. Like at least, well, as they say, bring a mop in a bucket, like clean up after Uh yourself. And she has worked in service. Tanya, you twat. Do you just leave your table all, you know, willy nilly? She's not a plate stacker is what I'm saying. Yeah. And popping champagne. And then the camera just kind of lingering on her as she kind of does that thing where she kind of bows over with her hands over her mouth and her eyes wide open. It's like this. Oh my. He gets off the plane. She is bent over with um, love. Yeah. She's doing that posture (sighs) you're talking about. Open parentheses, question mark, close parentheses. Yes. Bent over with love. Standing amongst the detrius that they have just placed on the linoleum (laughs) of Kennedy Airport. The boss says it's no good. It's no good. No, it's not. There's nothing good about it. And then Sinjin does my other airport trigger where he, he abandons his luggage 50 feet from where she is. And runs to her and they have their moment. And she's just, I know she's nervous. It's intense. But yeah, she's just kind of like grimacing and laughing maniacally the whole time. I wrote the exact same thing. I wrote maniacally laughing. It's like, what is this? Mm -hmm. Oh, man. And I think it's because she has been orchestrating this moment. And as we'll see many others, and she is filming in her mind, a Hallmark Channel rom-com, or maybe a Lifetime one more likely. And she just keeps saying like in that in the Escalade on the way to the airport, it has to be perfect. And everything's gonna be perfect. And uh, 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 perfect, perfect, perfect. But I did love that moment where yeah, poor custodian comes over and they're like, I'm so sorry that we're like waiting for somebody. Hi. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just threw shit all over the floor, but we're like waiting for somebody. This this is for me. <laughs> so stop. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, just no, no. Is she from New York? Why is she picking him up in New York? Aren't they in like Connecticut? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So that's probably the closest airport. Good for them. Remember airports? Oh, God. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know if we've talked yet about how much I love airports, and I'm excited to watch this show so I can see airports. I'm happy to watch the all the Housewives series because it's just nice to see people out at a restaurant eating dinner. Nostalgia. Yeah, nostalgia. Oh, God. So we get to Michael 42 and Juliana in her red bikini. They really like that picture of her in the red bikini. I have so many problems with them. Well, and this is where we get so to meet many. another another character for our spinoff, the um, man that owns the jewelry shop. Skeevy McSkeeverson. <laughs> he is interested in what's going on with Michael <laughs> and amused. I hate to come at it from this perspective, but his demeanor is so unprofessional. For someone who's come into his establishment to drop some serious cash on custom jewelry that you know is going to be ugly. Oof. It's going to be so ugly. Where is this store and why is Michael shopping there? Because it just doesn't dovetail with the rest of his portrayed lifestyle. That place looked like somewhere in like a themed tourist town like your Gatlinburg or your Leavenworth it was all like log cabiny inside I honestly think he has a ton of money and he has no idea what to do with it he kind of said that 
when he was like, I don't care what my family thinks. I like spending my money. He doesn't know how to buy a shirt. He doesn't know where to shop for jewelry. And then we also find out that he has probably dropped over 150 grand on Juliana Hatfield. Yeah. And oh, she just bought a car. Yeah. This is like red flag the show. And she and this relationship, there's like enough red flags to make a couture gown. Yeah, I have a feeling that's last episode. It was like how to make an American quilt out of red flags. This episode, it's let's melt down those red flags and make some really ugly jewelry with them. But in my notes, I wrote, she's no prostitute, but everybody sure likes to talk about money a lot. Yeah, where the producers are like, no, don't tell us 100,000, 150,000. How much, Michael? How much should be spent on her? He gets the call that even though the plan is for her to move there in two weeks, she's bought a car with his credit card. See, the thing about this couple is they are far and away the most dishonest of everybody. Someone's not being honest. At least with Anna and Mersal, it's just dumpster fire to the nth degree. They're not being honest. And when we get to some of the next segments featuring them in the show, we'll dive into that. But if you're watching this and you have your eyes wide open, they're not being honest. There's something under the surface and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. There's something about her demeanor that it seems like she's hiding something. It's the demeanor of someone that just, that knows that it's all going to fall apart soon, but they're going to just keep going with it until it does. Yes. I, I get that vibe from her too. Like she's heavily invested because she truly believes like this is her ticket. Yeah. Yeah. I totally see that. I felt like buying a car indicates that she sort of has a plan B where it's like, okay, this might not last for much longer. So I'm just going to try to get what I can You know, it's been two to three years. Sometimes they say two, sometimes they say three. But yeah, she bought a car. I mean, that just says a lot. It's hard enough to get her to even inside the United States. It's like, is she going to bring the car too? I want to know what kind of car she bought too. Like, what are we talking here? Like a candy apple red Mazda Mm -hmm. Miata. Yeah, or, you know, was it like a Chevelle? And was it even for her? So the jewelry store man... He bears witness to all of this. And Michael's like, oh, yeah, I took care of it. These things have their limits. And the jewelry store man says, evidently not. (laughs) It's just unprofessional. Like, what a shit. I love it, though. I also feel like the level that he's at, like the car that he's driving, the sort of lifestyle that's implied, I feel like $4,000 to a man of that socioeconomic bracket is nothing. You know, it's like a few good meals at a few fancy restaurants. A couple pairs of ill-fitting jeans. Exactly. Sorry to divert, but like, that's what kills me. It's like, dude, you're just buying the wrong size. Because I'm not insinuating that he's out of shape. Like, he looks mm-hmm. he looks fine. He, I don't know if he necessarily looks toned, but he looks trim. If you're wearing a small one, you should be wearing a medium. Mm-hmm. Just the button, you shouldn't see that pull of the fabric at, yeah. you know, every button. Jeremy and I were talking about the fact that he and Michael are the same age and he asked me if he looks as old as Michael and I begrudgingly had to admit that actually I think Michael looks younger because I was really noticing that clearly he's a man that takes care of his skin. You can just tell he gets facials. I'm just saying that. And his hair, he's got kind of like young floppy hair and I'm not Mm -hmm. mad at it. Yeah. 
if I could read him for his hair, I would, but I'm like, no, I can't believe that they're both that naive. Mm. One of them, if not both of them, are just being really dishonest. And I feel like we both agree on who it is. Yeah. And I'm just I'm just going to throw this out here. I might have to edit it out. But Juliana, just maybe because we've been talking about Woody Allen so much lately, but she seems like a Woody Allen dream girl. Yeah. Ectomorphically thin, childlike, possibly trafficked. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I don't want to see those Polaroids, you know? Well, that's the thing. And I get the feeling that there are some. And I don't... You're not the only one. I feel bad for her because I think, in my mind, something happened when she was even younger than she is now that she regrets. And, you know, it's haunting her. I feel like when we when we get back to them later i'll dive into everything that i think about that whole thing because he met her at a croatian yacht party when they do their little visit to the consulate we'll get into it but there's there's some there's something there there is totally something there and i I don't think that's me being no no super judgy We've dipped our toe into the pool. We're going to dive in, honey. The shit's insane. So next we get back to your favorites, Anna and Marcel. I just wrote, they fucked and then corn. Yeah, how, um, so she can't drink, but apparently extramarital sex is okay? I have been thinking about this a lot, and I'm guessing it was some sort of workaround. Like maybe just heavy frottage, maybe some fingering. So you said work around, but I'm pretty sure you meant reach around. A reach around, a rusty trombone. You know, I think they're (laughs) a Cleveland steamer. Maybe I've I've had too much tequila, but this is where I reach one of my, what I think is profound. This is not a show about what people are willing to endure for love. This is a show about what people are willing to endure to get laid. This isn't about love. This is about sex in almost every case. Actually, yeah, I would say every case. See, I feel like it's about loneliness and a need for control. And most of these relationships, there is an imbalance of power because one person can provide this thing that this other person really wants, whether they're being Mm -hmm. open about it or not. The only case where I'm like, "Mm, I'm not really sure who holds the power is Sasha and Emily. By the way, I did look it up and the drive from O'Hare to Bellevue, Nebraska is six hours and 51 minutes. Oh God, that must have been miserable. Of Turkish music with Mersal car dancing. Waving his arms in front of her face while she's trying to drive. And she's like, it's a little much, but oh, well, he's going to be my husband. So it's like, yep, girl, you better get to know Turkish music. Put that Spotify channel on. He tickled my South mouth. (laughs) You know, I I agree with what you said. Um, It's loneliness and a need for power. And yes, I think both of those combined equals... It's what you're willing to do for sex. There is no love in this. I mean, how can there be? Yeah, exactly. I think the couple that's actually maybe spent the most time together would be 
Michael and Juliana because it's been a few years and it sounds like he's been going down there like once a month. There's something there. It's creeping me out between with Robert and Juliana. But anyway, uh, let's yes, let's just change the creepy channel to a different flavor of creepy with Anna and Marsal, who, yeah, the more oh. I think about it, the more I think there was non-penetrative uh, activity, but lots of it, perhaps. And hey, it can get the job done. I don't know. And I don't. I don't really want to know. <laughs> It was also fun to watch Marsal try to greet Anna's oldest son, who just kept going, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, <laughs> as Marsal tried to, like, grab his face. So uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. Yeah, fun tip, don't try to hug Midwesterners, they don't like it. I just wrote, Judgy Wudgy was a pocket bear. What an asshole. I don't think that kindness is a cultural thing. He's just rude. Are you talking about Marcel? Yes, of course. He's like nationalist and rude. He's like, everything from my country is the best and this is garbage. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, she's really worried that the kids won't warm to him. It's like, no. I think I mentioned it to you in a text, but it's like, I Anna and Marcel deserve each other. They're just like a hot dumpster fire together. I think that he is there in his mind to convince Anna to ditch her kids and still move to Turkey. We'll get to that segment because he basically says it. Like, it's been discussed. And then she brings it up in front of her kid. Like, I'm forgoing continuity, but what is his whole thing about, I hope to be a brother to two and a father to one? It was like, ugh. I kind of got that because it's like, well, the other two are teens, so they don't really need as much raising. And I also think it's interesting that Anna is most concerned about her eldest. You know, she kind of painted this picture of like, oh, he's, you know, he's a teenager. He's in a mood. And really, he just wants to cut through the bullshit Mm -hmm. and be like, are you going to impose rules upon us? throws the iPhone in his face. Mm -hmm. Like, no, they're the ones who are making an effort. They're the ones who are trying to order some pizza, play some video games. And Marsal is not having any of it. He sucks. He sucks. Yeah, he does. Agreed. Much agreed. Her kids are great. She's got great kids and she's willing to give them (sighs) up for someone she met on Facebook who she doesn't even understand anything that comes out of his mouth. And he's an incapable of kindness. It's hard to watch. Well, I think he's obviously coming from a hardcore patriarchal society. I don't really know a lot about Turkey, but even just from what he said, where it's like, oh, you can't be unmarried and have kids. It's like, well, what if your husband dies? Things happen. Yeah. Marsal, haven't you seen weeds? Do you have Showtime, Marsal? I don't think so. I I don't think so either. But that pizza did look wet and gross. So (laughs) I wasn't disagreeing with Marsal, but he he could have just been like, yes, it's great. He seems underwhelmed. I think he's almost having like an inverse or parallel feeling to Emily when she got off the bus in Russia in the middle of nowhere. He's like in their six hour car ride or actually closer to seven hours. he, He was like, where are the mountains? And she's like, yeah, we don't have those. And he's like, corn. She's like, yep. Carol Channing, corn? <laughs> corn. <laughs> when did I eat corn? We have the food and the band. I can't wait until they go to the bar. We need to go to the next segment because 
Well, because we're going to go to the bar with Robert and his friend Juan, who is another wonderful truth teller. Juan has concerns, <laughs> a.k.a. generalizations. He's, he's a joy. He did have an anecdote to tell Robert about someone in his exact position and that the woman, you know, they got married and that she just disappeared after six months. And to Juan's credit, Robert has a kid. And if there's even a chance that that could happen, you've really got to protect your kid because that's really going to mess up a a very young little boy to have someone show up that he's like, she's going to be my mom. And then six months later, she's just gone again, abandoned again you know not to deride the kid but the kid's got some got some stuff happening which we'll see oh yeah oh i can tell you all all about that yeah god robert talk about someone who sucks robert is benign he is mm, i'm not even gonna say he's parenting that little boy but he is raising his son he is he is living a life but he just seems like a total fucking sad sack loser. I'm just putting that out there. He's simple. Mm, yeah, I kept thinking of your you saying that. He's happy to be an Uber driver. He's driven around a couple of NBA players, and he <laughs> once physically assaulted Shaquille O'Neal, and he's happy about it. You know, it's like simple. Yeah, I keep trying to remind myself too not to judge the parenting too much because, again, everybody's on camera. It's weird. So Robert and Juan have their meal together, and Juan basically says, like, you know, she's a gold digger. And then Robert says, "Well, what relationship do you not spend money in?" And Juan's response is, "Well, not like this, though." And Robert lied when Juan was like, "Does she ask you for money?" And he kind of. You know, I just give it to her. She doesn't ask. We'll dive into Annie because I think we might have slightly different points of view on her. We'll have to dive into it. It's not even dinner, but beers with Juan I thought was pretty lightweight. Okay, so sorry, but now we have to talk about Emily. I think the last time we did this, we dove into the notion of what a fuckboy is. Yes. (laughs) Sasha is a fuckboy. Okay, so we've come down on, on definitely yes. Yes. Okay. I think we're talking cultural and societal expectations, but he's a fuckboy. Okay. He just he just wants to get up in it and move on with his life. But I think be, by virtue of how he was raised and the country in which he lives, the women get pregnant and then he marries them. And then the next one gets pregnant and then he leaves them for the next one. And it's just like this chain where if he lived in America, he would just be some guy who would sleep with you and then steal your jewelry and you'd never see him again. He's hard to read. Sorry, I was looking up for how to say vasectomy in Russian. (laughs) Okay, because I think that is the word that Emily needed to learn and that Sasha needed to hear. It looks like it's the same. So vasectomy. I just stepped away from the microphone for that. That's good. Let me see if I can. Thank you, Katya. Vasectomy. Although it's, it does sound vaguely Italian, I must say. Vasectomy. Yeah, like Mario and Luigi want the pizza and a vasectomy. By the way, I'm Italian. I can say that. Thank you. Choices. 
Oh my God. I almost wonder, there's something about the impregnating, I think, that does it for him, or he would have just gotten a vasectomy. I don't know though. I don't know how easy a vasectomy (laughs) is to get in (laughs) Mother Russia. And I'm just putting this out here right now, continuity be damned. The fucking nightmarish glimpses into the room in which Emily will give birth to her child have already given me nightmares. Full-on Ira Levin, Rosemary's Baby. My personal favorite is that when they show the picture of Sasha at his second wedding and you realize that he married like a brunette and I got instant uh, Ursula the Sea Witch vibes. (laughs) (laughs) She steals Ariel's voice and is trying to marry old what's-his-face. She beat out the Skeksy. <laughs> yeah, who ultimately, she's, she's just out there on the street laying it out. She sees it for what it is. Reality shows have, it's like these weird empty restaurants and people sitting at tables with no food. Emily was the only one that had food. Sasha and Masha, isn't that fun? They were just sitting in front of folded napkins. What is going on with Emily? I wrote the quote down, I still have to be fake. No, you don't. Emily is having dinner with her baby daddy's first baby mama when she is like hours away from giving birth. Like she has a sheen of sweat on her face. She is having trouble staying present. I do not think she was feeling well, but she had to do this, which I think her reason for it was good that it's like, I might be caring for your child. Like, I want you to feel comfortable with that. I want you to at least have met me. I don't know why the second child isn't being spoken of or taken to toy stores or offered a plane ticket to America. I wrote that down. Where are wife and kid number two? And if the wife is being pixelated in the picture, I'm guessing that they just don't want to be part of this shit show. And I I can't really blame them. And is number two, like, what's her name? Is it Basha? Time and Tide? What are we in for? Cruising for bruising. There's bats in the belfry. Can I say that in 2020? You might have to edit that out. I still have to be fake. You know, they do that thing where it's like she, oh, I used to be a party girl. I think she she took the same bad ecstasy that Prince took when he canceled the Black Album and made Love Sexy. I think she had a bad trip and there's some sort of like whatever happened to Baby Jane thing going on upstairs. Why do you have to be fake? And why is there a, a, a humidifier on the bar? Did you see that? No. <laughs> it's like, does the bartender have strep? Like what what's going on here? And also weirdly... Both times when I watched it, when they first opened on their apartment before they go to the restaurant, I thought that she was like in the hospital ready to have the baby. Like I thought that was her hospital room because it's so like Eastern block sparse. And I got to say, Masha is, she's got a look, but she is serving up the truth. And Emily just sort of dismisses the first marriage is doomed to fail But then Masha basically is like, yeah, he got another chick pregnant and left. Like, that's it. (laughs) And then she even admits it like, oh, they were friendly or talking while he was still married to wife number two. Who dumped him for being too shredded. I don't know what's going on in her head. I guess that can happen. I guess someone could be like, hey, I'm not into this body type. Oh, girl, that's... I'm going to pour out some more tequila. (laughs) Ooh, girl, you just kind of hit the truth a little bit. 
but yeah, like, oh, you got too muscular. It's like, well, how about how much different did you look before? Yeah. And Masha does call him out first. You know, she says like, oh, so you're just going to ditch the two kids that you have here now and run off to America. Nice. I also wish I would have freeze framed because Masha's shirt said like a ton of shit in English. Like there was a, it was like live, laugh, love, go on the beach. The other set of footprints were his. Like <laughs> I don't know what was going on on her sweatshirt, but see, this is this is why I'm I'm glad for this because it's like I noticed the humidifier on the bar, and you noticed the like crazy sartorial moments yeah the multiple font biblical quote or something i don't know i think it was something inspirational yeah masha knows the score and she's also kind of giving me vibes like uh tanya's sister where she's just like got her popcorn and she's just like mm-hmm. oh sure mm-hmm. emily all the leaves are brown and the sky is gray isn't that from the bible you could tell me it was and i wouldn't know the difference yeah me too all right so Back to Michael and Juliana. Juliana doesn't like me to talk about any other woman in my life. Can we talk about the fact that all of these people are emotionally pubescent? Yeah. Yeah, she's a 23-year-old girl. I don't know how you acted with your boyfriend when you were 23, but I was probably a fucking nightmare who was like, I don't you talking to any other girls ever. I mean, I wouldn't have said it like that because I was trying to be a cool girl, but if I saw my man talking to some girl and there was vibes, I'd usually like roll up and say something fucked up and walk away. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Juliana is just being a woman her age and he really likes it. He explains a little bit more about like her not being able to get a, a visitor's visa and the credit cards thing he addressed. He's like, I'm just letting that go. No big deal. It's fine. Sure. This must be a, a small segment because that, that's the only that's the only quote I wrote from it. It's the next one when they're getting ready to go to the consulate for her visa interview or what, whatever it is. That's when the the real shit comes up. She doesn't like me to talk about other women in my life. It's like okay, oh. she, she doesn't want you, she doesn't want reality. Well, I think because she wants him to just ditch his family and do whatever he needs to do to be with her. Uh, my quote that I wrote down from this segment that I thought was was really fucked up and weird. And from Juliana's reaction, I think she also thought it was fucked up and weird. He says, oh, yeah, you're a poor Brazilian girl when I'm not here and a rich American when I am. Gross. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about eating some more tortilla chips just then, but that just put me off of it. So thank you. I think that she's a rich Brazilian girl when he's not there because she's got his credit card. Yeah. And then I think... Yeah, she's still a rich Brazilian girl when he is there. Where's the car? Yeah, I almost feel like she has a Brazilian boyfriend. Or girlfriend. Yeah. I wonder how often people are going against their preferred sexual orientation to try to facilitate getting into this country. And then that makes me sad. Um, Speaking of sad, back to Robert and Annie. (laughs) This segment made me physically uncomfortable because four-year-olds and airports are just not things that go together. Well, I might make you more uncomfortable by what I'm about to say, (laughs) but there's no way around it. And this isn't like child shaming, but Bryson has ADHD. Like, let's get real. 
when they were driving to the airport and he started doing that rhythmic knocking of the back of his head into the car seat, I knew instantly. I'm like, this kid has ADHD. And it's later proven in the rest of the episode. <laughs> um, He's at an airport, though. That's like the worst place to take a four-year-old. Sure. To meet his future mother and not be able to wear his dad's hat. Yeah, I think Robert, too. It's like, number one, pick up your fucking son. Pick him up. Maybe he did and it was edited out and they just somehow, you know, they're trying to make Robert look like a shit heel because he's just standing there staring straight ahead as this child is basically like, I'm bored. He looks very tired. He wants some attention. You know, she's not showing up. I get that you want to be there. You want to see her come down the escalator, but take the kid for a walk, get him some chicken nuggets or bring a book or a toy or something for him to play with. Because like I said, airports are just a fucking minefield for, for very young children because it's a lot of people. It's a lot of stimulation. There's just so much going on. And yet it's also so very boring to them. Mm-hmm. So it does weird things to children's brains. We've kind of talked before about like Annie being a mother and I didn't realize how much Bryson and Annie have interacted. It looks like on FaceTime. This is the interesting thing. I have to give it up to you because you told me that you thought that there were people out there in the world that were willing to step into that role. And I truly didn't believe it. And it's true. Like they, they go into her backstory a little bit. She wants to start a family with Robert, but she's also genuinely willing to be a mother to Bryson. And I'll, I give it up to you. I, I, didn't, I didn't think that was actually possible. I'm also interested in hearing you expound upon your thoughts about Annie because she descends from that escalator like an angel in a denim jumpsuit. Yes, with the zipper. So if you have misgivings, they'll come out eventually. Of all the people on this show, I would say that I'm kind of like rooting for her the most. Senjin is a close second. Okay. Yeah, it's hard because I think that moment when she embraces Bryson, like that seems very genuine, but she's someone who clearly doesn't have a ton of experience with children. And so I think she quite literally doesn't know what to do with him or how to interact with him. And she needs Robert to give her cues which I think we'll get into it more in the last segment, but then we start to see that he's almost jealous of Bryson. And he actually says something about like, Bryson wants to take my woman or something. He wants to take you away from me. And I'm like, Oh no, that can't be happening. But I saw a very excited child who has never had a mother who has been told for the past, however many months that he's about to have a mother. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into a lot of that in the next segment. But I think yes. um, a lot yes, of, we will. A lot of, I wonder how much of Bryson's behavior, too, is it's like there's a film crew there. He's got an audience. Kids get weird when they're being watched by strangers and feel a need to perform. So I think a lot of Bryson's behavior is very performative. But there was a moment after they picked up Annie at the airport when it was like, oh, that kid. Like he was literally stumbling. He was so tired. For some reason, I think it just reads as really real. Yeah. I've known that kid. I've sat next to that kid. It seems really unfiltered. Yeah, we're going to get into Robert's parenting techniques or a lack thereof. Yeah, so let's go to your favorites, Tanya and Sinjin. (laughs) Welcome to New York, Sinjin. You're about to receive an exquisite banner. 
Okay, so first of all, I must say that I love these hot takes from her gargoyle friends, <laughs> where they, in which they say that Senjin has a dramatic personality. Did you catch that? What? In what world? Yeah, he seems very mellow. Do you know who you're friends with? Yeah, exactly. And he shows up and he says, like, he's just fucking flown there from South Africa. He wants to take a goddamn shower and sit down for a minute before they make him go to the yeah. fucking Disney store or whatever they're doing. The M&M store. Applebee's. <laughs> he wants a shower and he wants his dick sucked. And he wants some alone time with this woman that he's just flown around the world with. He says something like, so are your friends and family going to be with us like all the time? Yeah. And it's warranted. I think that's his first realization that he's in the Tanya show. Mm. And he's not an executive producer. He's a cog in the machinery. Like, oh, is this going to happen? And then like cue the knock at the door. Yeah. Yeah. Better believe it. Wait until you meet mom. Well, six RVs going to set him straight. I wouldn't wish Tanya on my worst enemy. No. I mean, it, Joe Biden had enough trouble with her, <laughs> you know. Her gargoyle friends say that uh, he's going to drive her crazy. Mm, isn't she already there, Sean? Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's not him that's going to do it. It's her reaction to him that's going to do it. Yeah, so... They go to Times Square. No, 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 no. Yeah, this is when the banner happens. No, 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 no. You're skipping. You're skipping. What? No, this is not saying. No, 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 no. Did <laughs> I skip? The fact that they chase Jin with Red Bull. Ew. Oh. Bombay Sapphire and Red Bull. Ew. I just. So I just assumed, and I don't even really drink, but I was like, oh, she's not doing a gin shot like that has to be vodka in her glass that no. she sh- i just like in my mind replaced that bombay sapphire with um absolute that's just that, no they were they were drinking gin and chasing it with red bull that just oh, like that's really gross i'd be out for like a month if i did that like ugh. that's gross yeah i'm not in i mean i'm not a boozer but i'm really not into gin also can we just give give a moment to send gin for it's like oh welcome to america now do your job yeah pour a shot <laughs> yeah so so yucky to me of like okay so you could almost see it on you know that that tanya had it on her phone of like he's gonna land we will fuck for two hours my friends will show back up then we will go to Times Square and the way that she was positioning them like oh come over here because no no stand over here because I need this to be in the background how would you feel Sean if this happened to you if someone took you to Times Square blindfolded you and then whipped out this fucking exquisite banner and more flowers exquisite banner is riddled with typos (laughs) okay and here's the thing I know it's kind of a thing to be like, oh, you're the typo guy. You're the guy who points out typos. But there have to be a number of checks and balances before you pay to put something in a large-scale printed medium to be like, hey, you spelled the word sugar wrong. You spelled, it's five fucking letters. You spelled sugar wrong. And there it is. And all this capitalization and crazy shit, it's just... Why can't you spell sugar correctly? S-U-G-E-R? 
Oh, God, I didn't even catch that. Suture? Suture. You paid for that. Tanya's lack of graphic design and spelling abilities are sort of the least of her problems. <laughs> oh, man, it's just like an idiot circus. Ugh, I also didn't like that dress that she wore to pick him up from the airport. Didn't she borrow that from her mom? I think that's 6RV's dress. They just put on Carly Simon's Greatest Hits Live and had a, had a styling session and then hit that hot Shoot. tub. Straight out the hot tub. Straight out the hot tub. And then that's when Sinjin says that great line about, I wish it was 180 days to get married. Michael and Juliana's immigration interview. Girl. Girl. That little chunk. That little chunk where Juliana, you can tell that they've just asked her, so how did it go? And she's just like, it was bad. (laughs) The interview was bad. What the fuck happened? What... There's some hang up where she needs to get some sort of police document. He keeps talking about her being previously rejected. She's got something on her record, right? She's got some, there's dishonesty to the nth degree. The the quote is she's got a lot of stamps in her passport. Yes. She can't get into the United States, but she can be a 20 year old on a yacht in Croatia. She's in a high-risk category. I just wrote down her quote. She's like, I'm going to go to America and I'm going to work. And I wrote, as what, honey? What you going to do? You going to get a job at Ikea? She's a model. She's going to, I think that's her plan too. It's, it's like, okay, she's going to be sort of New York adjacent. She can go into the city. She can do her modeling work. Where's her portfolio? Where's the quick cut to her modeling shots? That's that red bikini picture. <laughs> I guess so. That's what we get. And the best thing is they asked her if she's been a prostitute for the last 10 years and she's 23. So they're basically asking her if she's been a whore since she was 13 years old. Yeah, that math broke my heart. So that's where I kind of started thinking about like, oh, when she was like 15, 16, 17, maybe she got busted doing something she had to do to fucking survive. Yeah. You know, I also really enjoy hearing someone with a Brazilian accent say the word prostitute. (laughs) It's lovely. It makes it... (laughs) Makes it sound like something that I want to be. And I mean, this as cynical as this sounds, the last thing I wrote about this was that he fell in love with the entertainment. She was dancing on a boat at a boat show. Caesar saying. Yeah. Oh my God. Even if like we take it at the most innocent level, if she was just there to be a pretty girl on a boat. She was a human hors d'oeuvre. He fell in love with the entertainment. And then we get Michael talking about how, like, I'm insulted that they would say that about you. Aren't you insulted? I'm insulted. And then it's like, I swear to God, he looks straight to camera. I've never had to pay for sex. He really wants us all to know that. That would be underlined and in bold font. He probably didn't have to pay for it. In that sort of a scenario, I don't think you would have to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just there. Do you have to pay for the crab legs at the buffet? It's not that you're paying for sex, but like I said on the Facebook group, that this show has really gotten me thinking about the transactional nature of romantic relationships and kind of honestly all human relationships, but specifically romantic ones. I think just being a woman too, you kind of think about that. You see people sort of make deals with themselves and trade safety and security for whatever, glamour and excitement. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be the theme of this show is 
Oh, God. Some of the clips that people are like, oh, my God, you're watching this show. Look at this. Look at that. Specifically Big Ed. And it's like Big Ed's in season four. Anyway, we slice it. He's three seasons away. So it looks like we're up for some stuff that is going to be almost hoarders level gross. Okay. Anna and Marsal, um, another oh. person that can move into our fun side character house. Can we put Charlene in there? Charlene. Mm. Been to paradise, but she's never been to me. <laughs> Anna's mom, Anna says her mom has, quote unquote, no filter and, quote unquote, extreme views on Turkish people. <laughs> oh, and yeah, Anna's mom, just right out of the gate, she gets a beer and she says drinking is a huge part of our culture. And I don't know if she's talking about Nebraska, her family, the U.S. Humanity. <laughs> Humanity. <laughs> This bar that they go to, too. I love anywhere that just says sports bar. And, like, I never could figure out what the place might have been called. I saw a logo on the server's shirt. But it's some sort of, like, Kino and bingo bar. So you're taking this devout Muslim guy to, like, a gambling and hot wings (laughs) place in a strip mall. With his Stevie Nicks gypsy pashmina. Honey. I mean, I love that he showed off the versatility of that garment, though. Work. He, that was the, the um, season seven runway challenge. He was, <laughs> he was giving us Violet Tchotchke realness with his Rhiannon landslide gypsy seven wonders. Yeah, he's standing in the parking lot of that Kino sports bar, just watching the clouds roll across the plains, feeling the wind blow off the corn. His his Silver Springs moment with all with all the corn, honey. Uh, he's feeling his oats in that parking lot. I like him a lot more when I envision him as a Stevie Dicks drag queen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, and Charlene is just straight up like, she. the quote is, what you wearing? Oh, God. What you wearing? Because Charlene wants one so she can wear it as a bib. I love it when she mentions the whole thing about how she has the baby. Mm-hmm. Her beer baby. She's hilarious, and she's more than a little racist. I don't know if that can exist in 2020, but it, it does. What was the most racist? Was that when she was um, begging him not to stone Anna or chop her head off? Okay, so not only that, well, first of all, that's funny in (laughs) itself. But then she's asking her grandson, who may be mixed. Oh, yeah. To essentially type this message in and show it to a person of Turkish descent. Oh, God, it would be awful if it wasn't funny. Like, it it is funny. And it's awful. But it's funny. And it's awful. It's awful. It's hard to tell with Charlene, too. Like, really? Is this for the cameras? Do you really think? I think she probably really thinks. But I would watch a show of her in the hot tub with a pouch of wine with 6RV. The thing is, it's uh, as opposed to, you know, four-year-old Bryson, is, is she playing to the cameras? She very well may be, but I'll, you know, I'll accept it from her. Yeah. She has salient points. She's not as racist as they kind of hinted she was going to be. And she has a lot of, yes, as you say, very salient points. And we also find out during this segment that Marsal has not told his family that Anna has three kids and kind of goes on to say that, you know, apparently that simply does not happen in Turkey. What is Marsal's plan here? It's looking more and more like he still is thinking that I guess she's going to dump her kids on her mom and run off to Turkey with him. Yeah. Who knows what she's going to do with the kids? When her kid says, that's messed up, it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's really messed up. 
that you not only said that in front of your child, but on camera for millions of people. It also made me really happy that in the first podcast about this, I mentioned that she's inarticulate because she was like, he could be expelled, like vanished. He could be vanished. It's like, no, it's banished with a, you know. Yeah. Expelled, like vanished. No, honey. It's a good thing those bees don't speak English. They probably have a better grip of the language than you would. Anna's mom is so much sharper than she is. Yeah. What happened to Anna? I don't know. I think Marsal's stinking. I've been kind of trying to figure out, like, who's going to end up... Because someone's going to eliminate themselves or however the fuck we want to say it on this show um, so that we can get the dumpy dude. And I think the, I think she's Ukrainian, that young lady. And I think it's going to be Anna and Marsal. I detect brevity. Yeah. Okay. So now <laughs> we're, we're going to go to parenting tips with Robert. Girl. Okay. Girl. Fucking Robert. I... I I I really am not liking Robert because again, these people have known for a while that this person's going to show up at their house and Bryson does not have a bed. I mean, if they were co-sleeping, that's fine, but this woman is coming and speaking of coming, she won't be doing much of it if she has to share a bed with a four-year-old. Yeah. You need to at least have a bed for the kid go to Ikea, spend the $89 and be like, here, honey, I got you something. It's a bed that my child's going to sleep in so that we can engage in coitus. And he just straight up is like, yeah, Bryson's going to sleep in between us. Ha ha ha. What? I don't feel that Annie has unrealistic wants or expectations. Yeah. She doesn't want to share a bed with a kid with ADHD who's tied up like a pretzel in his dad's lap. Yeah. That's the only way to get him to sit still. She's, she even says something to the point of like, I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen a kid like this. It's because he can't sit still. And that's no fault of his own. I'm not child shaming. I'm not behavior shaming. <laughs> I put myself in her shoes. And it's like, she says it plain. I want sexy time. And it's like, yeah. no. You're- yeah, he's made no preparation for that at all. He's got no sleeping area for the kid. It's really uncool to like be doing it doggy style with a child in the bed. But even then, they're driving home and he puts her hand on his dick. Oh, I didn't catch that. With Bryson, and they both kind of laugh at it. And that's almost cruel. It's like, oh, here's oh. a taste of something you're not going to get in the immediate future. I did not catch that at all. But also too, Bryson, here's this child that he was looking faded as hell in the airport. And then there's a thing with kids where it's like, if they don't get put to bed when they're tired initially, they get this like second wind from hell. We used to call it cornholio mode where they're just, they're wrecked. They are babbling their feet and legs everywhere. Like, I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about Annie, but... Full on full on teepee for my bunghole. <laughs> That's what was going on there with Bryson. So I'm watching when Bryson's like, I want Annie. And so here's the thing. This kid's been fantasizing for how who knows how long about having a mom... A year. To, 
snuggle with him uh-huh. and she finally shows up and he wants the snuggles and that would have been the point for robert to direct her and be like hey here's what needed to happen at that goddamn moment it was really hard to watch as a parent because it's like that is the moment when you fucking grab a copy of good night moon you turn down the lights you go read that child that book and you lay down with him for 10 to 15 minutes and a guarantee goddamn to you bryson would have been practically comatose and he could have fucked in the next room on the couch i that's exactly what i was thinking i was like go pacify him for 15 minutes and then i'll nail you on the sofa and then everybody would have been happy but it just it didn't work that way i don't know what was going on with robert if he was too stupid to think of that he clearly has no bedtime routine with bryson i really wanted to like tear off my own head when his technique was to turn on ninja turtles for this kid um, and then you just see overtired, fried, lonely Bryson in the glow of the Ninja Turtles. That was a heartbreaking moment. For what, like five seconds before he's like jumping on the bed and yeah, doing cartwheels and shit? It's kind of like Bryson was saying, I want chocolate. And dad's like, here, have a pizza. No, that's not what he asked for. Then what really upset me was the idea that Robert was not directing Annie to go in there and spend some time with this kid because he wanted her all to himself. And he, that's when he made those super gross comments about how Bryson wanted to take her away from him. Yeah. Mm. And I think Annie would have done it to your point. I think she is, she's into it. She's ready to be a mom and have a family. I don't think she, for everything that his friend Juan prepped him for her wants are very human. I think. Yeah. I don't I don't think that they're gold diggery. I don't know. He hasn't thought at all about how he's going to fold her into the family. The not having a bed thing just speaks to like how little he's thought about her comfort and having a space ready for her. So that not having a bed thing upset me on a lot of levels on Annie's behalf and Bryson's behalf, because I'm sure too that that child is not being read to and that he has no bedtime and he just falls asleep in front of the TV in bed with his dad. To Ninja Turtles. To Ninja Turtles, yeah. Yeah. That's a shame. And that the sort of behavior that Bryson's exhibiting, it's like, it could be ADHD, but it could also just be a myriad of other factors. I think Robert's just, he doesn't want a son, he wants a friend. Yeah, yeah. A companion. Mm-hmm. It's almost not quite human. A lot of people think their dog is their best friend, you know? Yeah. It's like, no, that doesn't doesn't quite work that way. It's like, hey, you said you'd give me some money and it's tied up at Western Union and I'm pissed. Mm-hmm. You told me you would take me and buy me some clothes and you brought me to a thrift store. I left my family in the Dominican Republic to move to America to be with you and be a parent to your child. And my needs aren't being met. That's all she's yeah. saying. I don't think wanting an iPhone... Maybe in 2008, that would have been a red flag, but not in 2020. Fair enough. He just wants to be up to date. That's it. Yeah. He is such a dud. Yeah. There's just nothing really there. Again, he's just a benign lump. Do you want to deal with getting it removed? Is it somewhere unsightly? Maybe you just let it lay there. It's like, hey, if you don't spend $25 on that just for men you're using to color your sideburns (laughs) and your beard, you could buy her a really nice sundress from an outlet somewhere, and she would probably be thrilled. You know, she doesn't want some, like, old other people's detritus 
he's not coming from the point of a view from, you know, some 20 year old gay boy who wants to impersonate Morrissey buying, you know, oversized like pajama shirts from the Goodwill. She's Annie. She's an angel in a denim jumpsuit. Yeah, she's not doing it in a fun grunge, let's let's thrift capacity. And then Uh I think on the heels of him giving her the strip mall lingerie, it's like, oh, so you're going to spend money and get me new Apollonia outfits. But then if I need actual clothes. But just the top. Parent, my ch- please sleep in bed with my child bottomless in this yeah. strip mall lingerie. It's not adding up. I did like the idea of her like cracking open Lunchables with her pussy just hanging out. <laughs> but they're, they're the pizza Lunchables, right? Where you get the, like, oh, yeah. the, the little baboli shell and you get to spread the pizza sauce. So- oh, honey. <laughs> She'd turn it out. I bet that would be the best Lunchable pizza you've ever had in your life. Then that's the end of the episode. We get the the flash forwards um, where again, we see the room <laughs> that looks like fr- it's from like a horror video game, like Silent Hill or something. The padded cell. Where Emily has to give birth. I mean, just fucking white tile. Oh boy. Yeah, that one's gonna, that I'm gonna have a lot to say. Don't pretend like we're gonna, end recording this and not watch it immediately. It's like, I know I've got a million other things I should be doing, but we've got to keep recording this so that we can then watch the next episode. Paula Cole, I don't want to wait. I don't. I want to find out what happens with Sinjin because he seems like he's, I think in a weird way, he's a good match for her because he's, not going to just be deer in the headlights and let her steamroll over him. He's going to stand up for himself. And I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm interested to see it. Um, at least it won't just be like sad, like Anna and Mersal. In the last episode, they kind of flashed forward and she had that very like Carrie Bradshaw moment. I was like, my clock is ticking. And he just turns to her and is like, did you read that in a book? And she's like, yes. So there was another moment with the two of them where they were commencing to fucking and it was like, is the TV crew going to leave? Do you think she wants them to leave? Maybe they didn't. And now she has a a fun tape. Uh, How long do you think it's going to be until they just show people fucking like until these reality shows just blend with porn and we see full penetration I've watched just like snippets of I don't even know what show like maybe The Bachelor where people are like really doing a lot of grinding and hot tubs and stuff and I do enjoy the subtitling of like slurp groan mm, (laughs) mmmmm oh yeah no I got the sense that like she absolutely would have been okay with him staying. This has tapped into some kind of psychosis on Tanya's part for sure that like we are all just characters in the Tanya show. God, it's like, who is, I don't even know what adjective to put to it. Who is the most crazed or who is the most disconnected? Who is there? There we go. I think that's the word. I think it's Emily. Mm-hmm. There's something about her that's just like, what is going on up there? Yeah. I think about her and then, oh yeah, super dark Susie and the Banshee songs start playing in my head, like blood dripping on it, like a fully bloomed rose. It's like, yeah. Yeah, you that's know. what I think that fucking white tiled room is about to look like. That looked like a horror movie, just that scene. The, the, it looks like the, the lightning crashes video. 
Here's the thing. I think that Emily is a leaf on a river. I think that she takes, she is someone who takes very little personal responsibility for her situation. And I think she's just kind of going to write it out and hope it ends up somewhere good. Yeah, we'll see, you know. I don't know. I haven't like timed it, but it's almost like they don't give that storyline, if you will, a lot of time. I feel like we spend more time with some of the other couples, but with her and Sasha, it's just sad and kind of weirdly boring. Yeah, she's not dumb, but she's very much disconnected. But then how much of that too is just how uncomfortable she is physically from being like massively pregnant and tired. I can't let go of her not getting any prenatal care and not knowing anything about where she's going to give birth as someone too who it's like I'm I'm from the west coast we're already sort of almost phobic about this like horror movie hospital birth yeah. culturally and so like I worked with midwives and I had a nice dimly lit suite in a hospital and you spend so much time reading books and thinking about how your birth is going to be and around here like you tell people you're pregnant and they're like what's your birth plan what's your playlist that, that's Susie and the Banshee's B-side of a room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that playlist is one that uh, would probably be appropriate for the Halloween season. Yeah. Oh, my God. Maybe Marsal can put a good one together for her. Oh, I'm sure he could. We've got to make it a little bit fun. Bring him into the birth room. With his Stevie Dicks playlist. Waving that pashmina around to clear the air. That crazy queen. Do you think anything happened to that hotel room? That's why I think it was a lot of like thigh grinding, you know, and um, hand things. <laughs> Jazz hands. <laughs> Jizz hands, yeah. Uh, things that one can do with someone which facilitate fantasizing that they're someone else. <laughs> are, you, are you suggesting that maybe he's going to print out a picture of Omar and, and just slap it on the back of Anna's head? Call me by your name, but your name is Omar. Now leave your children and be with me. I don't mean to sound xenophobic, but I did just Google Turkish pizza and... um, Is it a whole other thing? It does not look 100% appetizing. I'll tell you that much. There's a lot of soft brown. Like caramelized things? Um, I hope so. Oh, geez. Like a lot of soft brown. And I, you know, what... Mm. Oh, it could be. Uh, I should stop there. <laughs> so it's called La Macoon, and it's a round, thin piece of dough bread topped with minced meat, minced vegetables, and herbs, including onions, tomato, and parsley spices, such as cayenne pepper, paprika, cumin, and cinnamon, and then baked. So if that's what you're used to eating, and then you get Nebraska Papa John's. Yeah. Probably going to think it's pretty gross. I think it looks good. Maybe being vegan, like it just looks really unappetizing to me. But uh, see, the, the picture that I'm looking at looks really good. <laughs> like, uh, look, look. Does that look any better? I got to be honest with you. Uh, there's tomato, there's basil, there's onions. There's a lot of soft brown. You know what did look good to me, though, were those nachos that they were eating at that bingo bar. Oh, did you notice how many people there were at the bar who were making, who were like purposely, they were uh, fuzzed out because they were making eyes at the camera and being like super goofy. Oh God, no, I didn't notice that. And potentially judgmental of what was being filmed. I don't like the man in the scarf. What you wearing? Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, Charlene put on her best Coles t-shirt 
to show up for that. It never ceases to amaze me what people wear when they know they're going to be on television. What would you wear? I don't know. You've seen me. You've seen how I dress. I would probably look equally ridiculous, but be happy with it. I would at least be making a statement. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would show up in my full Old Spice drag, I guess. Do you ever think about like what your what kind of theme music they would play on your entrance? More, more, more. <laughs> yes. How do you well, like I mean, it? How do you like it? Yeah, totally. All right. We've made it through another episode of 90 Day Fiance. Hey. Wow. Which means we get to watch another one. Yay. This time I'm, I'm going to take notes the first time so I don't have to watch it twice. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I picked up on totally different stuff the second time. So you never want to miss a built-in cassette player. Or a humidifier. It's dry in this bar. Oh, oh, oh that's much yeah. better. Thank you. The wood paneling is sucking all the moisture out of the air and there's no other customers in there to exhale and provide moisture, I guess. <laughs> there wasn't a Pet Shop Boys song that would prepare me for this type of experience. Yeah. So we'll be back. Next time with Season 7, Episode 3, Revelations. In which Doris gets her oats. Oh, yes. Yeah.